deep in London's beating heart lies a wall A locked door it be if you know the call For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see Cause the wizard world is opened up as has the Griffin. Hello everyone and welcome to the Shriekcast, no longer a Harry Potter reread podcast. I am your host ZC. And I'm Liz. And Liz, I was thinking about talking for the whole episode, like the way that the book we're reading describes the capital accent. Who who knows who knows what the capital <laughs> accent could be? <laughs> well, they, they 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 describe it really vaguely. <laughs> what do you like think it could be? Oh, we have a fun one this week. <laughs> I <laughs> We're jumping the gun a little bit here, but that's just a little taste of of some of the content we have to uh talk about in in the book we're reading. Um a a, bla- a blast from the past revisiting this book or visiting it I guess for the first time. Do you, do you get the sense though reading this like does it does it feel like you're unlocking a lot of like 2000s mysteries yes yes it does yeah yeah the hunger games was was i i never read it but i was i was hyper aware of it being popular and reading it now i'm i'm picking up so many i mean i mean it's like anything right where, where like you 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 watch a famous tv show that you just never got around to or something like that where it's like oh now i know where like all of these references come from i'm, I'm definitely having that experience reading this now yeah, it's like secondhand nostalgia. Yeah, yeah, or or like yeah, having having someone else's nostalgia like explained to you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of, um, you've you've been on a hunt. You've been on a like cool project like like trip that I want to hear some about. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of nostalgia, for sure. Um, I've been collecting some rare items. Rare items, picking up, picking up mysterious trinkets. Uh, yeah, uh, what, do you, you what have you been just, collecting? Yeah, you can just go online and collect rare items. Um, and and luckily, um, my quest right now is to put together as close to a complete collection of Seventh Saga slash Elnard merch, which for anyone who doesn't know is an Enix RPG from 1993. This is such a cool goal. This is this there because there's not. Because there isn't any, basically. So you've got to really, really find uh, some interesting stuff, like like magazine issues from 1993 and shit, right? Yeah, yeah. I just ordered a print ad um, from 1993, uh, and it's and it's perfect too, because you find those like sellers on eBay that sell print ads for like old like retro video games so there Mm -hmm. is a market for that but this game in particular has no demand so it's all cheap but hard to find (laughs) yeah it's 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 the perfect like like or like the lethal combo of like wasn't popular at the time and also hasn't really had much of a like there's not really a a a seventh saga renaissance happening in the way that there has been for a lot of like old rpgs and stuff right mm-hmm. what, no what absolutely is not Seven it's miserable saga? to play what is it it's a <laughs> yeah tell, tell us for those who don't know for those who never never tried the seventh saga the 
the RPG from 1993. Yeah, so it's a JRPG, um, and it is, if it is known for anything, which it it isn't really. Uh, I'll say the two things it's known for. One, it's extremely difficult, um, but not in like a fun way, right? It is hard in the way that JRPGs were at that time where it was just like grinding. Like you have to grind for hours and hours and hours, um, which is actually, uh, as far as the Seven Saga goes, was a sort of error that they made trying to make the game harder for Western audiences. Um, oh, they like, is this one of... They scaled all the numbers and did not do a very good job. Uh, is this one of those cases where they were like afraid of the rental market? Like, there, yeah. there there's so many weird stories about that of like games having the Western release totally redone difficulty-wise so, it, so you couldn't beat it in like one rental period was kind of the idea. Resident Evil had this on the PlayStation, and I think Metal Gear had this. That's why there's, like, European Extreme or whatever on the... Yeah, I don't know if that has ever specifically been cited for this game, but it would make a lot of sense. I think Elnard takes uh, 20 to 30 hours to beat, and the Seventh Saga takes upwards of, like, 80 to 90 hours to beat. Holy um, shit. In pure grinding, right? And, um... It is, this is like getting way into the weeds, but kind of the feature that the Seventh Saga was known for is that there are nine playable characters and it's like super bare bones, but at the time was very cool that like they all have slightly differing experiences when you play and there's a part of the game where one of the other playable characters will fight you. Um, The problem was is that they didn't scale the other playable character like they so they nerfed your character and they didn't nerf the character you fight so you can just soft lock your game if you get the wrong other playable character fighting you oh my god yeah so it's known for its (laughs) difficulty um and the other thing it's known for is there is like one screenshot that goes around as a like joke joke post sometimes because there's a character named Dr. Fail. So like back in the back in the days of Epic <laughs> Fail, that went around sometimes. <laughs> that's yeah, he's like this is Dr. Fail or whatever, right? Like Yep, yep, that's the one. <laughs> is he one of the playable characters or is that just a Nope, he's like a character you meet one time and he's like uh <laughs> He's like making a making a robot that destroys the town. And as you meet him, it's a little bit of foreshadowing. I'm Dr. Fail. <laughs> this was a game I I only played this. I, I played this like emulated back in like 2000, like five or six, probably when I was just obsessed with like playing everything I could emulate, you know, mm-hmm. Um and I never got very far, and I also never uh, really clocked the difficulty scaling thing, just because like I had like save states, and like you could you could like ROM hack it to like have a bit more help. Like I just did what people recommended, and like didn't really question why, you know? Right? Yeah. Um, and so I, I never, I, I never like got that far and i just just it was like oh i know that this one's notable for like being weird and kind of different and also like another part of it is it has like a good soundtrack 
like yeah it does pretty, pretty pretty fucking good and i was so like like the level of of not a thing this game is merch wise is like there's not even a soundtrack cd mm-hmm. um it should be the soundtrack's great it's pretty good there's that uh there's that cellist who did the string covers that are that's really good that's like the best mm-hmm. you're gonna get um yep yep um did you so did you finish it when it came out like like as a kid like is this one that you played I, all the way through yeah so um i this is the second video game i ever played the first one being Star Fox uh for the super nintendo um And I would have been like four or five years old when I first played it. And there was like a very mysterious save file on the copy that I had that was like way far into the game. Ah. And that was like the furthest I had ever like seen in the game. Um, But it was one of those situations when you're a kid and you just like kind of play the same the game that you have access to Mm -hmm. over and over again until you hit the spot that you can't beat. Um, So that was sort of what I did as a kid, just getting to the town of bone, um, and then starting over. I did end up beating the game, uh, when my mom brought me home a like printed out guide from game FAQs. Oh, hell yes. Yep. Yeah. God, that, that's a, that's a cool game to have. Cause, cause you know, every, everyone has like an, a first game or whatever, uh, that they remember really strongly, but it, it that it being one that's just sort of, a forgotten or not very popular one is always fun um uh i sort of have this with the (laughs) actually i think we've talked about this before i i we both might have this with the fucking captain crunch game that came (laughs) oh my god yes (laughs) the crunchlings the crunchlings game (laughs) which was like not I, I don't think that was like the first game I played or anything, but I just I for some reason, some of my earliest like memories of having a PC game was the fucking Crunchlings game where you put the like, shit out of the Crunchlings game. <laughs> you make you make a Crunchling and then you like have to skateboard and have it eat Reese's pieces or, or Captain Crunch to to like level up. And then you <laughs> you fight like the evil Crunchling. That is <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if there's Crunchlings merch out there. <laughs> I mean, I guess it would be Captain Crunch, right? That's, that's all Crunchlings, Crunchlings verse uh, we merchandise. Need a Crunchlings, we need a Crunchlings too. We, we... <laughs> um, but yeah, just just having very strong memories of like, I mean, not like not like bad games but just ones that aren't really part of the canon right um yeah i mean i'm I'm lucky right because it's like all the seventh saga stuff is very acquirable other than like a few weird things um whereas like if you're like oh my my first game and the one that i want to get all the stuff for is linked to the past like well you're screwed yeah right yeah yeah i uh i remember the 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 first like online purchase i ever made was one of these and it was buying the majora's mask soundtrack right from a mysterious like import website you know Mm -hmm. or it took like three weeks to show up and you had no like no tracking or anything um and that 
I had to save up for so much because it was like an imported CD back when the CDs already cost like 20 bucks normally. Right. Right. Just, just like that was my one big purchase for the year was waiting three weeks for a, a Majora's Mask CD that was in the end. I think it was just like kind of not great recording straight from the N64 onto the like into right. it. Uh, it's onto a CD or whatever. So, so finding the finding the stuff for games that like aren't uh, aren't popular is is tough. Um, so, with that being said, if anyone knows where to find old phone cards, yeah, <laughs> my white what? whale, the Elnard phone card. Because, well, because what's the other stuff you found? It's the it's the. The Nintendo Power issue, the the book, the guide. Yeah, I, the guide is going to be once it arrives, it's going to be my prized possession. You helped me find this online um, before you found the what the the middleman like Japanese auction yes. website. Um, yeah, yeah. Listing. Um, I could only find like two historical listings anywhere else. It is the Elnard Encyclopedia of Adventure, which is just a, a Japanese game guide um, for Elnard. And there's like one blog post that posted pictures from it. I'm very excited. It has a completely inexplicable cover and like weird photos of real life locations inside. It's like um, a photo of the Vatican or something on the yeah, cover. Yeah. Why? It's very strange. It looks like a woman's Bible. <laughs> Not yeah, a woman's like I, Bible, a women's Bible. <laughs> you understand. <laughs> it's got that like it's it's that it's a very 90s shade of purple. The whole book. Yes. Yes. Uh and and has this photo of the Vatican, I think, or, or some some sort of uh, Bacilla type thing, right? Like it's a very, mm-hmm. uh, I guess I like, this has just got to be because maybe the game just didn't have that much concept art that they could have. I, I, I'm so curious about that. Like if they just did all the art, like in the, the sprite art basically, and just didn't have anything to, to like use as, 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 uh, as as material for something like this, but it's 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 very unique looking. I I, I kind of like it. Yeah, it's it's neat. I'm very excited for it to arrive. When it does, I'll post pictures of it because it's so Hell cool. Yeah. Um, I found the um, Nintendo trading card uh, with one of the characters on it. Um, I have the two issues of the manga that came out, which is very strange, and it came out under the. Um, the name of the seventh saga, not under Elnard, which is very strange. Oh, in Japan, so, it came out as seventh saga. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Okay. Interesting. Very weird. Yeah. So and, I'm. And, oh, that's reminding hmm. me because there's also the Elnard watches that we found. Yes. Which yes. I'm. Con- I am first. I was like freaking out when I saw those first because I was like, how crazy would it be? If one of the few pieces of merch that existed for this thing is a watch after we both got obsessed with watches. But <laughs> as far as I can tell, it's a completely unrelated watch company that just used a very similar font. And I'm kind of wondering if the name for the game was inspired by those. 
because they're they were a Japanese watch company. I can barely find anything about them. I think they might be related to Alba, which is now part of Seika. But like, it's just like this whole thing where I'm just curious if maybe by the time the manga rolled around, they were like, you can't name it that. Or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'll have to pick up one of these watches because it's too perfect. Like, a, it'll be like an honorary member of the collection. Yeah, yeah. Some of them look pretty good, too. Like, you're, they'll be they'll, uh, they'll be worth wearing. Um, yeah, there's a cool one. I almost picked it up, but it's just, like, a little on the edge of being, like, too dinged up. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe we'll I'll keep grab an eye it. Out. Yeah. We'll keep an eye out. There's got to be some some good ones. Um, oh, here we go. I found... Okay, so you know we, we were just talking about the buying the magazine ads as posters thing? Mm-hmm. Found one for the Crunchlings game, which I guess <gasps> had a full-page magazine ad. <laughs> what? <laughs> and You gotta get it. Guess what's coming to oh, breakfast? Oh, my God. It has like its its own illustration. Yeah, it's a there's a crunchling eating some Captain Crunch next to a lava lamp while one of the evil. This is I'm just realizing now that this is Gremlins. It's it's like reverse Gremlins. If they don't get their Captain Crunch, they turn into the evil Gremlin. It looks like. Oh. Um, The Crunchium thieves are out to capture the world supply of Crunchium, the stuff that makes Captain Crunch cereal crunchy sweet. But you can stop them. Get this full length. Okay, let's let's not <laughs> overpromise on. here. This full length CD-ROM game, free inside specially marked double packs of Captain Crunch. Team up with the captain and his Crunchlings to save the Crunchium. I did that. I did all that. Yeah, me too. I think I did it many, many times. The replayability is insane. There's like three different kinds of Crunchlings. Yeah, there's a skateboarding mini game. Uh, yep. There's like I a volcano one. Yes. Yeah, that's like the last level, I think. Maybe. But I'll. Th- th- you can also buy the CD. It looks like people are selling the CD. Um, For how I much? wonder if this is still. Ooh, $25. Kind of a. <laughs> Kind of a lot for Captain Crunch's Crunchling Adventure 1999 rare vintage PC game, but (laughs) it's all true, though. It's all true. And it's, you know, it's it's worth it for those little guys. I had to beg for this because I was not getting sugar cereal every day. Yeah, I'm just realizing my parents must have bought a double pack of Captain Crunch. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, anyway, the the wide the wide world of uh, merchandise for 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 games that nobody remembers. Uh, phone the phone card for Elnard is like very cool and the hardest thing to find, I think. Because yeah, yeah, uh, I don't I don't think that it is acquirable. Really, oh, we but... can figure it out. I am sure. I've been looking at like lots of phone cards from that time to see if anything pops up, but we'll see. I think that the 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 guidebook is honestly like the hardest thing to, yeah. to have found. Like like that that finding one in the condition that you got it. I don't know. Like that that seems like kind of a. a that's like the big pro- the, the the big thing that was released, I guess. So oh, so. definitely. I'm I'm still like uh, until it arrives. I'm like trying trying <laughs> not to get too excited because it's like the coolest thing ever. 
what 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 other world landmarks are going to be photographed in there? I'm so That's curious. That's a great question. <laughs> Uh, anyway, this has all been a roundabout uh, way to say that there wasn't much news this week, um, uh, neither in the Hunger Games, nor the Twilight, nor that other series world. I guess, you know, she's still she's still tweeting her little tweets. That's that's about it. Um, uh, but I do have here uh, a fun article that I just want to skim that was so out there, I, I couldn't quite parse whether it was like real or not at first. Um, <laughs> from a new website I'd never heard of called Her Campus, uh, which is an online magazine, according to Wikipedia, targeted at the female college student demographic. Uh, uh, they were presented with the Amazing Young Women Award by Chelsea Clinton. <laughs> endorsement okay. i can find here but this this is uh the odds are in their favor my ideal hunger games tribute lineup and i think that this will be useful to keep in mind uh for as we get further in the book and we start we, we will be able to like do third segment stuff without being spoiled i think that these um these like Hunger Games rosters and stuff that people come up with is going to be like the bulk of of that content. Wait, but like, am I putting people in it who I want to die? So uh, here's <laughs> because that's like a great question. Yeah, I could think of twenty four people that I'd like to die, and like one person would live. But come on, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, Just kidding. I, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. We I guess we can't do the in Minecraft thing anymore. That got oh that 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 didn't hold up in court apparently. I can't um, believe it. Um. So uh. So so I, I guess let's 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 read a couple of these and try and figure out what what angle this is coming from because I, I I don't quite understand. With the recent resurgence in popularity of the Hunger Games series, lots of people have been making their dream tribute lineups out of celebrities, pop culture icons, and movie and TV show characters. Have they? Have we? What? (laughs) Are people making dream Hunger Games lineups? That seems cruel. That seems really dark. I can't lie, I've been completely immersed in the Hunger Games revival and had to jump on this trend to share my own personal ideal tribute lineup in the Hunger Games president so i guess like not just the contestants but but also some like world building here oh sure president rupaul interesting interesting yeah interesting we're gonna be talking about this later in the episode i'm sure uh in my opinion rupaul possesses a power like no other as the host of a show as huge and glamorous as rupaul's drag race you have no no choice but to have strong authority and the ability to command a room as president rupaul would definitely use these skills to rule pan am is that good (laughs) i think it's bad (laughs) is that good we're casting our dream president of of like nightmare world. <laughs> okay, here's where things start getting really. This is where I was like, hold on. I I I I I was curious if this was like a AI article, but I don't think it is. Game maker Eric Cartman from South Park. Uh 
If you've ever seen even one episode of South Park, you can imagine why Eric was the obvious choice here. I'm going to be real with you. No, I can't understand that. <laughs> I'd pick the I'd pick the Saw guy. <laughs> oh yeah, Jigsaw, he'd go crazy on a on a Hunger Games game. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I can't think of anyone more equipped to make the most out-of-pocket, thrilling game. He would cause copious amounts of mass destruction, and imagining him and RuPaul working hand-in-hand is a hilarious image in my mind. What are you talking about? (laughs) Okay, Master of Ceremonies, Wendy Williams. I will agree with this one. This one I can see, actually. Sure. Yeah. Why not? That's how the killer gets you. You know, that's that that makes sense to me. So and now we kind of break things down by district because the districts are like have their own theme. Right. Um, So I'll just go through these. District one, which is luxury. Jay Gatsby and Trisha Paytas. What? (laughs) Jay Gatsby from The Great Gatsby and Trisha Paytas. Okay, but Jay Gatsby's from The Great Gatsby. (laughs) These two were my immediate picks for the representative tributes from District 1. Jay Gatsby would refuse to be in any district except the one centered around luxury, and I feel he would be the kind of guy to think he had such a good shot at winning that he volunteers. You don't get to pick. (laughs) Yeah, also, like, I... Jay Gatsby is not volunteering for the Hunger Games. It's sort of like what the story is about, really. He's not. Jay Gatsby isn't doing anything. Jay <laughs> He's not Jay... even reading his damn books. <laughs> Trisha Paytas is definitely a luxurious lady. And I can 100% imagine her volunteering just to thicken the plot in her life she would absolutely eat in the interviews and parades before the games even start uh district two is weaponry and i don't know either of these characters so i I, i'm not going to read the full thing but ashtray from euphoria and chip and joanna from hold on you can't that's three people you can't have (laughs) you can't have ashtray chip and joanna from fixer upper uh District 3 technology would have Hiro Hamada from Big Hero 6 and Neville Papperman from iCarly. Who wrote uh, this? This is from her campus. This is this is a I swear, I, I, I had to double check whether this was real. And as far as I can tell, this is a real website like. Uh, yeah, like if I go to if I go to the main page, it's all news about like Harry Styles and TikTok celebs and stuff. Okay. Ten ludicrously capacious bags for DC. Okay, so yes, the succession jokes. Yeah, so this is this is real. This is real. District five, power, Mr. Electric from the Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl and Judge Judy. (laughs) What? District six, transportation, James Corden and Paul Blart from Paul Blart Mall Comp. Uh, the Lorax and Woody Woodpecker. Uh, two characters from Wizards of Waverly Place for the Textiles District. Buddy Velastro from Cake Boss and Guy Fieri for the Grain District. Steve Irwin and Judy Hopps in the Livestock District. This, so this I'm is rooting just for them. The, yeah, that, that's that's a that's a solid team up, I guess. Uh, Otis the Cow from Barnyard. 
Who remembers Barnyard? The fucking DreamWorks movie Barnyard? <laughs> and Reed Drummond from The Pioneer Woman. Uh, Yukon Cornelius from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And Nick and Knack from Barbie as the princess and the pauper in the final one. For That's for District 12. That's the coal. Those are the cold ones. What kind of joke is this? I don't understand what is happening. Like, like it's definitely a joke, right? But, like, I'm not sure about what or for who. This is an extension of our TikTok conversation last week. Uh, I think I'm I'm finally realizing I'm, like, too old for some stuff, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, we're too old for this. That's the problem. Uh, well, we've got quite a pair of chapters to get to this week. What do you say we get into it? Yeah, let's do it. Um, I think we're taking them both at the same time, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Well, I will take us it's away. It's two scenes. We, it is two scenes. We'll start with um, chapter four, um, uh, where we're jumping in right where we left off. Um, and PETA is taking Hamish away to clean him up, um, which uh, leads Katniss to observe his kindness. However, that reminds Katniss that she will have to fight him to the death uh, and she can't afford to be soft toward him. So she takes the cookies uh, that his dad gave uh, to her um, and throws them out of the train car, I guess. Um uh, but they they fall upon a dandelion, and the dandelion prompts Katniss to once again explain to the reader how she survived in the seam uh, while her her mom was um, unable to to care for them. Um, she recounts how she learned to forage, hunt, and trade in the hob, um, and also uh, literally ate ate the dandelions um, that uh, during the beginning of her survival journey. Um, the next day, Katniss meets up with Hamish and Peta on the train. Uh, Peta and Katniss become angry at Hamish's day drinking, um, and so angry that Peta ends up punching him, uh, and Katniss does some cool, intimidating knife tricks. Um, Hamish is won over by the punch and the knife tricks and gives them uh, one piece of advice. Do not resist their upcoming makeovers. As they approach the capital, Katniss is stunned by its general opulence and the strange people who spectate the approaching tribute train. She turns away from the windows, but notices PETA doesn't. This increases her paranoia that PETA is is strategizing for the games. Uh, And that's chapter four. Uh, Going into chapter five, uh, this is the makeover chapter. Um, Katniss arrives at the Capitol um, and is attended to by some some real weirdos in some weird clothes and with weird makeup and weird voices. Um, After she's been fully washed and waxed and trimmed, um, it's time for her to meet her assigned stylist. Uh, We meet Cinna, who is, according to Katniss, dressed more normally and just has a little bit of gold eyeliner and is very attractive. Uh, mysteriously, we find out that Cinna requested to be assigned to District 12, which is considered to be like the least desirable district, uh, but we don't find out why. Um, we learn that the tributes are dressed thematically uh, for the opening ceremony with like their primary export. Um, and so Katniss is really worried she'll be put in like a coal mining jumpsuit or like one year be naked and covered in coal dust. Um, uh, but Cinna has another idea. Uh, he's going to put her in a leotard with a synthetic flame headdress, I think. Um, and she will be the 
the girl on fire. Um, the ceremony begins and Katniss and Peter are holding hands as their chariot is paraded in front of the crowd. The whole on fire thing is is a hit and they are the most popular district at the opening ceremony. Uh, Katniss really gets into the festivities, blowing kisses and waving at the crowd. Perhaps she will win the Hunger Games. Those are our chapters. Hmm. Lots mm. here. Lots mm-hmm. here. Some some good stuff and some interesting stuff, I think. Um uh since we're doing kind of both chapters in one lump, do you wanna like maybe start this time just by sort of like talking about Katniss's whole deal first, maybe? Sure. Like because we get a lot of um Katniss's like reactions to stuff and uh her flashback but I think most of all the thing that's like most striking here is like her paranoia and how like mean and distrustful she is of like everyone in the story um yeah, which is interesting some payoff to that right yeah totally uh I um I think that her it, it feels pretty uh, clear at the moment, at least, that, like, all of her stuff about, like, oh, uh, Peta's planning, that Peta being nice is his plan to kill me thing is some, like, serious projection, I think. Mm-hmm. Because uh, it's, like, because, like, last chapter we had her uh, uh, overanalyzing, like, Peta crying and remembering how that other girl who won a hunger games cried and that was clearly part of her strat. And, and, and so her, her, like the way that she views like any emotion displayed around her as an attack is like really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think probably the best, I think it's the best handled aspect of her character and the novel so far is, is this like, like very, very, uh, believably damaged worldview, I think, of like every everything, everything is my responsibility, and also everything everyone else does is an attack on me. You know, just the, a very mm-hmm. th- that makes sense, I think, with the stuff she's gone through. Yeah, I think I think that that is. I agree that that's probably the most well done thing so far. I think it comes up a little bit in her like recounting uh, her relationship with her mom. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know if you want to get into that right this moment, yeah, but um, totally, yeah, but, yeah. But yeah, she uh, talks about when she's like providing for the family, and um, and she recounts like a specific memory of her mom like trying to say something like lighthearted. I, I wish I had had it in front of me. Um, oh, you eat like you'll never see that again is what she says. Right. And then Katniss like immediately is like, I, well, if it wasn't for me, we wouldn't see it again. Um, or we wouldn't see it tomorrow or something like that. And then the, the, it's like, she thinks like that shut her up or something. Like she really is just like attacked by the world. Yeah. Uh, when we were chatting about this, you described it as, uh, Katniss is the mean husband in a drama. (laughs) Yes. Which totally, yeah, like a hundred, like this is a madman scene, right? Or like any number of, of like historical dramas, right? But like she is, it's interesting that she's sort of like, uh, 
steps into this like uh, cruel protector role very mm-hmm. quickly. What's interesting is, do, do you get the vibe from the scenes with her and her dad that we've like gotten in this book so far? Like, she's not picking this up from her father. No, he generally like he comes across as like very gentle sounding. Yeah, like gentle and like maybe um, like like clearly very um, uh, uh, knowledgeable about like like survival and stuff. But but like maybe a touch like over optimistic and naive, perhaps. Or like he is every scene naive is the wrong word, but like every scene that, that, that Katniss has has. Uh, remembered about her father is that he has this like very gentle humor about everything in this like shitty situation they're in mm-hmm. and i wonder if her sort of like insular and and kind of spiky reactions to everything is almost like because you know the the way that she is like perceived weakness in every other person around her is like is this her processing the the thought that like maybe her father was weak too you know like i yeah that's what I, happens I you get vaporized in the mines if you're weak <laughs> yeah if you're weak you get vaporized in the mines nothing yeah it's just 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 totally she she because she just has none of the warmth that she remembers her father having so it's not her sliding into his role really um which i think is nice because i i think that that could have too easily uh, that that could have been like too pat, I guess. But but her her fulfilling the same role for the family that he did, but being a very different and and kind of crueler person while doing so is, I I think much more interesting than just becoming her father, right? Yeah, yeah, and, and it's funny, like even her like thinking back to her relationship with her mom, where she's like, uh. I guess that could have been better. Uh, at least I didn't drown the cat. <laughs> yeah, she's so horrible. She she has that like moment of self-awareness where she's like, ooh, the last thing I did at my mom was yell at her. But I guess I did also say that I loved her before that. So maybe it, maybe it evens out, which is really funny. <laughs> um, yeah, I just just a very very interesting interiority to her that just 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 fully more what i expected i guess it, it's because this is this is the the sort of like dour cynical self-reliant kind of character i was expecting that it was hard to square with the um like above it all political genius that she was in the first couple chapters mm-hmm. um but that's like gone now. So I, I, I'm, I'm happy that it's, I'm happy that it's meaner, I guess is the way I would put it. Like it's that, that part I think is, is excellent. Yeah, totally. It, 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 I, I think it just goes to really hammer in that. Like, it's so funny that she didn't, or or, or like not funny, but it's, it's like the, 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 the bit where she was like, yeah, well teaching prim how to do any of this was a lost cause while she's like describing how hard it was for her to do it as a kid too, you know, Mm -hmm. just like never gives anyone around her a chance. Uh, I don't know. Interesting stuff. Uh, unfortunately it does sort of revolve around this, uh, very trite stuff with the dandelions. I hated this. Yeah, this was a little much. 
This, I, not only does she literally eat the symbol, like, I thought we got, we, we got it, right? She sees mm-hmm. a dandelion, her hope is renewed, all the things that a dandelion symbolizes, and then she's, but, but no, we had to retread it, and she was like, oh, looking at a dandelion reminded me that we could eat dandelions, and then she just goes through and explains everything we already knew about how they survived, yeah, it, it it's like it's too many like symbols clashing at once because you have her throwing the cookies out the window, which I think is a good image. Right. But just like th- this is her taking this like act of kindness that was given to her by someone and just like tossing it out the window. OK, got it. it which lands- she basically literally says to yes. she's like, I take this kindness and I throw it away. That's not exactly what she says, but it is very literal. <laughs> um, so like that's a good image. And then she they land on some dandelions, which I think just on its own would be a bit much. Um, but then she notices it and then she comments on how it reminds her of what dandelions symbolize in the story. You know, and then also the story that she tells to explain that is about how they ate dandelions. And I'm just like, okay, I fucking get it. I get the dandelions thing. Yes, they're they are they are strong, they're edible, they're resilient, they're they're very common and still beautiful and worthwhile. Got it. Okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Katniss. I get it. Wow, well don't forget they also ate Katnisses. They also too many plants. You there are too many plants happening in this story. <laughs> you get dandelions or you get katniss but doing both and then having her dad explain that she's named after katniss because it's resilient and and you could survive and it's 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 too much at once yeah i think the only new any the only new stuff that we learned other than the like specific details that we didn't need was more about the relationship with her mom uh which is kind of interesting and tells us something about her character but overall this was this is kind of a stinker part in my opinion i I, yeah i i i i do really enjoy her her relationship with her mom but just just the the length of this part explaining these symbols that we definitely already understood and also just mixing the, the, like what the dandelion symbolizes, what her noticing the dandelion symbolizes, what her explaining the catness symbolizes, which is sort of the same thing as what the dandelion. It's just <laughs> it, it's it's just a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of effort for something that is pretty easily clockable immediately, um, which is which is um, I don't know. It's like not terrible i guess it's just like it's so clunky and kind of out of nowhere and it, it was the most like i i i'm i don't want katniss to be explaining the moral so much and it it's moments like these and the bakery story in the last set of chapters where i'm like these are good scenes these are like scenes that I would want and expect out of this kind of story, like in some form or another. Um, And I know that it's difficult writing a first person character to 
present information in a way uh that doesn't feel like it's it's over explaining right i mean like like that that's just when you when you're writing a character explaining stuff and noticing stuff it's very hard to make characters noticing things and explaining things not feel like having things that are obvious explained to you right mm-hmm. but um the problem i have with it here specifically is like not only is it kind of uh going a little hard on on those details the way these scenes are deployed when when we're we're sort of getting like one uh one themes scene per chapter right is that it makes me so far and maybe and then this is also just a a, a byproduct possibly of reading a book in this like this in such close detail where you're going chapter by chapter but like it makes me second guess all the moments where I'm like, oh, that was a really clever, subtle thing the book did. Mm-hmm. Cause like, cause like I, I can't tell if Katniss over explaining and oversharing and, and having this idea in her head of what the symbols mean is meant to be a characterful thing that like, you know, rather than like something for the audience explicitly. Um, and yeah, I just I can't I, I, I there there are just these moments that I would otherwise because, you know, me, if you've listened to the show too, like, you know, that I love characters who suck. Right. And and are horrible. Mm-hmm. But it's usually is usually in stories where they are written by someone who knows that. Right. And uh, or is trying to express that or is trying to, like, make a character who is compelling despite or because of that stuff. Um but the way that that works is usually just in the in the crafting of a character who is who is defined by what they notice, what they think, what they believe, um, and and what also what they are blind to or what they misinterpret or whatever. And that's a lot harder for me to calibrate when I'm reading when sometimes the character uh, just notices every little literary detail possible and then sometimes they don't <laughs> right like just mm-hmm. uh i don't know I, I right now there's just like a there are so many scenes that i would have loved like scenes that are like horrible like like really mean things that katniss has observed or said that i would probably still like uh if i had a better grip on what the book was doing with that stuff um, that at the moment I sort of just have a big, big asterisk next to like, huh, is this Katniss's opinion or the author's opinion? Right. Like, right. Yeah. Um, very, very difficult to parse that, that kind of thing sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I think this chapter is like, cause I, I was really unclear on that last chapter. Like I couldn't figure out author voice versus Katniss. And I think this, this chapter gets closer to Katniss. Mm-hmm. I th- like I believe in the character a little bit more than I did before. Yeah, that, that, there's there's definitely I mean, like all this stuff with her c- cementing the like the her paranoia, I think, is the the best part of these chapters, like her her paranoia and her assuming the worst of every action taken around her is uh, palpable and I think is the the strongest aspect of her character at this point. It's just that, like, whenever the story it's almost like the story can't at the moment, at least doesn't feel like that's part of the theming. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. 
because because I feel like it is like the the politics that this book is is exploring, the class dynamics, the uh, uh, the the economic dynamics, the culture shock stuff. Uh, these could just be the themes, right? But instead, we have these uh, these moments where instead a very broad and more um, fairy tale style symbol will be focused on. I mean, just like the dandelion stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where it's like, I don't know if I need the dandelion or the fire or any of that stuff to be such a prominent symbol where it's like, to me, the strongest symbol is like Katniss assuming that her friendly neighbor is trying to kill her. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I think so. I, I, the, the dandelion thing is really <laughs> funny. It's just so much. It's, it, there's a lot dedicated to the dandelion thing. Yeah. I really did a double take because I, I apparently got the wrong idea from well, not the wrong idea, but when we we talked about um, the chapter where she recounts the PETA story um, with the burned bread and stuff and saw the dandelion, I misread that completely as I thought that she had like a an epiphany based on the symbol and what it symbolized to her. Mm-hmm. Wrong. <laughs> wrong. She was like, oh, yeah, I can eat dandelions. <laughs> Maybe maybe it'll all loop back because because there's because to me, the dead obvious thing with the dandelion is that it's like it's a beautiful, colorful flower that is very common and you can't get rid of it. Right. And that's like that's the, that's the, the, the people, you know, it's, it's like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, But maybe her like seeing that and going like, mm, yum, yum, I can eat this is like more of her kind of using people, but that also doesn't really work because she does actually need those to survive. So I, maybe I'm just talking on my ass there. I don't know. It, it, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's like symbolizing too many things at once, right? It is, it is the symbol of the people. It's a symbol of hope. It's a symbol of f- food. <laughs> and it's also literally food, <laughs> right? <laughs> and also they're eating it. And so they're eating the, yeah, just, just there's, there's a lot, a lot wrapped up around one object here. That's a, it's a bit, a bit much. I feel like the dandelions are this book's Quidditch. Mm. <laughs> Just like we're going to get this explained to us every time it comes up, right? It better not come up more. I've had enough. Do you think she's going to see any dandelions out in the crucible? She fucking better not. <laughs> We are going to be on Dandelion Watch from now on. Will Will Katniss be seeing and eating dandelions out in the wilderness? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of the um before just before we move on, we 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 talked about the Katniss as well, the the plant. Um the tubers. Tubers. Uh I am not too proud to admit I had to look up if these were real. Um, I am not proud to admit that I didn't know and didn't look it up. (laughs) I I looked it up because I was like, I'm not 100 percent sure. The the thing is, is that the I'm not I'm not like a botany person. I I, I don't know anything about plants, really. Um, 
And so I was just like, I, I think I've really had my uh, my radar for this book scrambled by the Mockingjay thing. Right. Because there's like genetically engineered birds and dogs yep. and, and stuff in this. So I'm uh-huh. like, I'm like, maybe it was a special plant that was made up. But no, it's it's a real plant. Um, but everyone in this has Dragon Ball names. Yes. We've got Katniss. We've got Peta. We've got Cinna, who as I am assuming is Cinnamon, right? Like they, everyone's got food names. That's so true. <laughs> I just, that's a very, that's such a, I don't have like an opinion on that, like one way or the other. That's just such a unique thing for like dystopian sci-fi for everyone to be named like sandwich, you know, like pretty Ooh. good. Yeah. Um, so after the dandelion flashback, Katniss goes to bed and she wakes up, goes to get breakfast. Hamish and, uh, oh, and Ham, I just put the Hamish, Hamish is Hamish, like a Hamish, like a fool. Hmm. Okay. I'm just, yeah, I'm just putting, sorry, I'm putting this all together in real time. Um, <laughs> Uh, and they sit down for breakfast. She has hot chocolate for the first time. This is all kind of fun. And then we get, uh, the scene you have seen in every action movie ever, uh, which completely knocked me on my ass. Um, is Hamish, um, drinking Bloody Marys? Is that what I'm supposed to think? Oh! Because, because Katniss is like, the way she describes it is like, he's tipping liquor, like clear liquor into some sort of red fluid. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what do you mean red? Like the web, but I like, is it tomato juice? So my, my thought was vodka cranberry. Hmm. Right. It's such, it's described in such a strange way. Yeah. Red liquid. I, yeah. Bloody Mary makes more sense. Maybe. Although she doesn't but it's say also yet. very odd. Yeah, like, that would be an odd thing to have. I, I think, yeah, the celery stick would um would give it away. But so he's drinking, he's being allowed and uh, they ask him for some advice. And like, I'm just going to describe this scene because this is this is I went on a little adventure with this scene mm-hmm. um, trying to find like what this scene is called if that makes sense. Um, Cause this to me, I saw it. I recognized it. I was like, Oh yeah, this is in like everything. What, what are some other examples? And, and I, I, I went on this down this rabbit hole. So, so Hamish, Hamish is sort of being, being kind of shitty with them. He's he, they remind him that he's supposed to be their mentor. And he's like, yeah, here's some advice. Don't get killed. And uh, uh, Peta is just like, okay, call an ambulance but not for me and punches him in the face and <laughs> then Katniss like does, like puts her like throws her knife in between his fingers and then picks it up again and does like a crazy knife trick and throws it into the wall and so and then he's impressed by that and he's like okay I'll I, like I'll, I'll take you seriously from now on and like this is in everything that has like a mentor relationship and an action based thing. And like, I was just thinking about recent things like chainsaw man has a version of this, right. 
Batman, the animated series I just watched, like Robin does a version of this. Nightwing does it. like this is just such a classic like action franchise thing. And it's so weird to see in this book, I feel like. Oh, it's just so bizarre. It just feels like it's from a completely different franchise. It's because it, it's just such a Saturday morning or like like. Yeah, it, like it goes it goes kind of both directions. It's either in Batman for kids or it's like there's an insanely violent version in like a mafia movie. But it's a scene that mm-hmm. has happened in so many fucking things. And I was like, OK, what is the TV tropes name for this? Could not find it. Like <laughs> and like I I know that TV tropes is like fucking useless and, and like bad. But I was like, this is an easy one. And I just want to see some more examples and maybe find like an origin. Like what was the first thing that did had this scene in it? Yeah. And I just couldn't find it. I searched like badass teacher was one of them, but that's like literally when a teacher is badass, according to TV tropes there. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I, I was just like desperately digging through and like trying not to get spoiled. So not looking at the actual hunger games page. So I couldn't see if it was on there, but that's got I swear to God, that's got to be something that like people have noticed before and, and, and kept track of is that scene, because it's it, it, that is that is in so many things where you just you, you have a sudden outburst of violence in front of the mentor to like get him to pay attention to you. Right. Right. Like, it, it just felt so stock and off the shelf for 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 this, I, th- I think it was just so silly. Or it's so violent, right? Yeah, it's both. But like, I, 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 the the reputation that Hunger Games has that I'm going into this reading is like, oh no, this isn't like other action stuff, right? Like this is this is gritty, mm-hmm. and like you know, this is this isn't glorifying cool violent. This is a this is a nasty, brutal. Uh, you know, this is this is about war. That's <laughs> there's none of this is good. None of this is good, Sonic. That's why it's war. Um, but it, like it's it, it's to to hear that and to know that being Hunger Games reputation and to see Katniss like throwing a knife like blade into the wall between like <laughs> the wood panels is just like whoa. Okay, this is not what I was expecting. Aren't, isn't throwing knives like its own thing? Do you mean just like as a as like an action thing or like as a hunting thing? We're like, because that's the other. I don't know what I mean. Like, don't you need special knives or (laughs) something? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, because it's like yeah, because there's a big handle on it. It's pretty difficult. Like the the heavy part is gonna go. Yeah, they need to be balanced right. I think. I I don't think that it would bother me so much if Katniss didn't provide an explanation as to why she's good at throwing knives, which is that sometimes she would go out hunting, hit something with an arrow, and then throw a knife at it to make sure it was dead. (laughs) You, You mentioned that when we were, like, going over notes last night, and I had to, like, double check, because I was like, hang on, no, she meant... Katniss meant that like knives were useful to for finishing game off, but you're right. She says that it's useful if you get get an arrow in them and they're still moving, and you want to kill them before you close the distance. So she's whipping knives at game. 
it's it's so interesting knowing the reputation Hunger Games has as like the serious, gritty, real action thing. When so far, all the descriptions of Katniss like doing violent stuff just makes me think of that movie Hannah, where like Dakota Fanning is training to be like a super spy or whatever. <laughs> it's just like it 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 can't. I, I wouldn't even, like, say it's, like, a bad thing. It's just that, like, the reputation is so so one way when so far, like, this is so heightened and ridiculous and, and over the top. Like, I, I don't know. I, I was so surprised by this whole whole exchange. It just felt like it was from a different story completely. Yeah, the tone is is completely different i i can't like buy into it as a fun action movie scene because so far it's so dour yeah like this is a totally fun scene you know if like john wick suddenly whips out a pistol and like shoots a target really far away and impresses the guns master or something i'm like okay cool that's fun but it's like this is so we just had a long monologue from katniss about how she hates her mom and regrets not telling her she loves her more right and then we just go into knife tricks it's a little much i don't know yeah i don't it's like there is that kind of gritty gross realism i mean just like at the beginning of this chapter katniss is like pete is gonna go wash the vomit out of Hamish's chest hair like it's 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 a little it's a little grimdark for teens i suppose um so this just the knife tricks thing feels really out of place (laughs) it's very funny like i said like my what what my my two the two most recent things I could think of that did variations on this were like Batman, which is for children, and then like Chainsaw Man, which is like heightened on purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Um and those are also both no matter like the, the intended audience, it's like those are both uh like pure, like fun genre fiction y stuff, right? Like like not not quite the same. <laughs> tone that Hunger Games is going for, I guess. It just feels so so out of nowhere. I'm very curious if this is like a one-off or whether we're going to be getting... Because like, we were talking last week about how like there's going to be like a training montage probably at some point, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm just so curious how many more like action movie and like martial arts movie cliche stuff there's going to be in here. Not as a criticism of those things. I love action movies and martial arts movies, but it's like it's it's not totally not the vibe I expected going into this. Right. Um, Why don't I remember the Chainsaw Man scene? Uh, Chainsaw Man sort of does a version of it that's like they they keep trying to do it and failing, you know, because it's it's like Operation Super Smart and stuff where, sure, they keep, yeah. where they're trying to like get the or, or, or like when they first meet uh what's his face and they like try to fight him while oh, he's teaching yeah. them okay okay he's, yeah. even, he's even like a like a drunk old bastard you know it's mm-hmm. oh i wonder hmm, i there's so much this is this is totally off topic but 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 chainsaw man having so many movie like like pop movie references in it. I wonder. I've not seen the movies of Hunger Games, so I don't know what movie Haymitch is like. But I wonder if this is movie. I wonder if that's that is like derived from whatever the movie of Hunger Games was like. Isn't Haymitch Woody Harrelson? Oh my God, is he really? I could be wrong. Oh fuck. I thought Woody Harrelson's in the Hunger Games. <laughs> that's not the worst cat. I don't. I'm so. 
I'm ver- I'm so curious to get to the movies just because the I know that the book fandom has similar to the Harry Potter fandom, but maybe more so has kind of an axe to grind with the films. Hmm. So be interesting to see it like because if if the this is why I'm so hung up on this, because it's like if the. If the fans dislike the movies for being too Hollywood. But the books have this scene in it. <laughs> right. Like that's the disconnect, I think, that I'm getting stuck on. It's like, no, this is it sounds like the book was always that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I mean, you can't make a gritty R rated film for 13 year olds. Yeah, we'll get we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, I'm, it's going to be exciting. I, I'm looking forward to it because I, I, I truly know nothing about it. But uh, yeah, let's I, I think that the, 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 the um, this this chapter is sort of salvaged by this last bit um, where they pull up to the Capitol and Katniss and Peta have like the very the very different reactions to the crowd. Um, I I I this is more tying into just the the conversation about who Katniss is as a character, but her just like instant paranoia about Peta here is very funny. I think all of his strats first the crying strat. Now the waving at the crowd strat. Maybe the waving strat. Oh, he's he's got so many so many dastardly strats that Peta he's. Doesn't she say, like, he's just trying to get sponsorships or something? Which, maybe I'm dumb, but I don't really understand the point of. I don't he, know how that helps them. He jokes that maybe one of the people in the crowd is rich. And I assume that that's him joking that, like, maybe I'll get a sponsorship out of being nice. Oh, okay. I think the that's nice the way... Strat. <laughs> the being nice strat. Um, but we we kind of don't even know... Katniss keeps on talking about sponsorships. And I don't know what that means yet i mean you know this is a information will be revealed type thing so far it's not a complaint but like she's she's gone on a lot about like oh you get sponsorships uh nobody wants to sponsor district 12 then we don't or she she mentions that like the sponsors don't like district 12 because it means that they have to go through hamich and he's like unpleasant and so i just i don't know I'm so curious what the fuck the spot because like it's a battle royale. So like, what are they sponsoring? Like, are they going to be wearing like like jerseys with brands on them? That's kind of cool. <laughs> uh, are they getting gear? Because like I thought that you had, I thought it was all like on site. Like you have to find shit in the wild. I don't know. I'm, I'm curious what that sponsor stuff means. Yeah. Um. Okay. Now we gotta get really get into it. Uh, makeover in the, time in the it's capital. Makeover time. It's makeover time. Take us take us through makeover time and what's going on here in makeover time. Katniss is getting made over by some real freaks in this chapter. Some real some real weirdos with some weird makeup and some weird wigs and some weird outfits and. And and such, and she thinks that maybe they're not even people. This is unfortunate, I guess, is kind of the the best best way I can sum it up. The aim is wrong here. Uh, I understand what the target is, but the thing being lampooned here, I don't quite understand why, uh, if that makes sense. 
it feels it feels like this is my most generous take. I feel like I feel like the author watched like America's Next Top Model and was like, "Wow, they're so fake." <laughs> yeah, it's top model. It's like the description of the stylists starts with the accent. Maybe I am wrong, but reading the description of the accent, it seems pretty clear to me what they are describing here. Yeah. Why do these people speak in such a high pitch? Why do their jaws barely open when they talk? Why do the ends of their sentences go up as if they're asking a question? And then later on in another sentence, she says, she adds, there's always a hiss on the letter S. And it's like, I have heard this bit before. It's like every episode of the daily show where paris hilton was in the news right like this is the <laughs> this is just like complaining about how young women talk <laughs> like or how like anyone young and femme coded talks like like it's just it, it's very this is very tired stuff yeah that's a good way to describe it it's it's, it's specifically the the ending everything with a question thing and also, like, the the why do their mouths barely open when they talk? You know, everyone's mumbling. These damn kids are, are just, they're, they're mumbling. They have no manners. And they're, everything's, <laughs> everything's a question. And it's like, look, I'm not going to, like, defend Paris Hilton or whatever. But also, like, <laughs> these were super cheap pops that, like, really had a lot less to do with, like, any real critique of, like, celebrity or, like, the concept of being a socialite and more just like being mean to a woman for being a woman. Mm -hmm. There's no like critique of wealth or celebrity here. It's just like, Oh, these women talk funny immediately rubbing me the wrong way with that. And it doesn't help that combined with the physical descriptions, this also sort of reaches into like making fun of homosexual culture from the two thousands. And like, drag a lot as well is a real strong image here that is hard to separate from the critique i guess it's it's very uncomfortable yeah i was curious if this was a movie choice but the movie seems to have done a very faithful adaptation of this i haven't heard what the accent sounds like in the movie though no, me either. I, I assume that they just have, like, the bad guys have an English accent thing going on. That would be my guess. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's like, the things that are that stand out that are being described here, uh, wigs, um, and specifically, like, curls on men is, is singled out here. Bright colors... Makeup. I mean, there's a scene where where Katniss notices that that one of her stylists is like putting like uh, bright pink lipstick on. I think there's a thing where she says that uh, they're dyed, stenciled, and surgically altered to the point that they're grotesque. And it's like it's hard not to have a picture in your mind here of someone who doesn't really deserve this dehumanizing portrayal. If I if I had to be and I and I am going to be charitable because I think because like I get the vibe that this is a very liberal book, right? Mhm. This feels like someone uh drew a line between 
Versailles and like classical kind of like courtly fashion stuff where that that, you know, that just like the 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 symbols of lavish wealth from like pre French Revolution type stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And drag and metrosexual dress and honestly i mean like like this goes beyond just just like the, those fashions i mean like we, the, the bright colors the like the uh, uh the visible skin the like attitude toward body hair all of this is like this is just like general 2000s like boho stuff like this is just like like typical youth fashion stuff almost and like the thing that the big 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 mistake here i feel is the assumption that those are this like 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 being a a like stately man or woman in in the French royal court and being like someone who annoyed you on TV with a fake accent are like the same thing. <laughs> right. It's like once upon a time these fashion things kind of were top down. I mean like when the concept of a middle class in Europe was first kind of burgeoning post uh, Black Plague and whatnot, like there were actual laws that said, like, you can't dress like a rich person if you're not rich. Like, th- like this, th- that was like a very long running, but ultimately futile thing that, that, that like tried to do what I think this book is trying to portray, which is to make sure that people who, who the, the upper classes felt didn't deserve what they had, couldn't get it. However, the cultures that this book is drawing from to p- portray that class difference, it's like, you talk about piercings, you talk about body modification you talk about like bright colors and and like strange flamboyant I mean, flamboyant is a word that the book chooses oh does it i missed that yes yes this is drawing from like queer culture and punk culture and like you just look at like all of the famous like fashion subcultures from the 20th century and and and, and beyond where it's like you know you have punks metalheads hippies like hip-hop fashion none of this stuff is originating with the upper class this is all youth subculture and queer subculture and like middle class and even below like like the punk i mean is 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 a very much a, a thing that is focused on like on on piercing and body modification and looking different and looking striking and colorful that has nothing to do with wealth, right? And I just think that it's just a big swing and a miss, I guess. Just, just, just a, a connection that that misses totally misses the context of where the, where this stuff comes from, and who who is the target of the book's ire here? I guess. Yeah, yeah. I don't have very much to add. I, I think that it sort of clicked. Uh, Cinna to me realizing that it's just like oh she like watched Queer Eye and it's like oh there are some some gay men that like I'm comfortable around or yes. would be yeah the Cinna really clinches it huh mm-hmm. he's uh he's he's being self-expressive but not too self-expressive around me mm-hmm part of this uh, th- this is this is what I was talking about when I was talking about how like 
having a hard time gauging whether or not I can be um, how much how much of a leash I can give the book on on cruelty. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I do believe that that Katniss would have negative reactions to seeing this kind of thing. But there's also lines where like like Katniss like speculates about why people do this mm -hmm. because they, you know, they, they, they have too much free time here in the capital because they're not working for a living. Right. If this was a book about a, like a, like explicitly like <laughs> right wing character, right. It's like, I can't be like, yeah, okay. Well, the character is a, you know, the character would believe these things, but it's, it's, I'm, I'm still not at the point just because of those, those scenes where we do get the, like, the symbols over explained to us and stuff. I like, I, I can't, I, I haven't like, is this that, you know, is, is her saying that her explaining the symbol? Yeah. I, it must be because there's that part where she is like doing some speculation. Like what could they be like thinking? And she says like, I have no clue, but she is already explaining the symbol. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I just don't I, I I guess too part of it is like are we going to be seeing more of this? Are we going to be seeing much more of Cinna? Like are we going to be spending more time with the more flamboyant characters? I just I I'm so curious whether this is just going to be the last word on it. If this is just like the one glimpse we get of like what the capital's like. It's just very odd. Like I said, I, I think I, I, I think I know exactly what the idea was. It's is doing future sci-fi Versailles, but it's just like future sci-fi Versailles is not drag race. It's not right. Uh, it's not queer eye. It's not. I don't know. Just kind of a bummer to read, I guess. Yeah, it's super uncomfortable. There's the exchange. There's the bit you mentioned where um, where Katniss is like. These people like aren't even human. These aren't. Yeah, these aren't she's people. like naked in front of them, and and that's and she's like, I would be embarrassed, but they're not. They're not people. Yeah, and and there's a moment. This this is my number one. Like I'm putting a pin in this because I I want to I want to be able to point at this and say like, oh, this is actually doing something quite clever. Where after she thinks that there's this moment where they say something kind of more like humorous but i think in context to someone like katniss just as just as heartless which is they joke that um now that they've like made her over she looks almost human mm -hmm. that could be a great scene if we are meant to be, be establishing some sort of like like mutual misunderstanding between these two parties which is possible but i'm hesitant to let it off the hook just because of that because i'm like this could be the last time we see these characters this this could just be just more like cartoonish cruelty mm, i just really i just get into a feedback loop when i think about this too hard it's it's a little yeah i guess i guess we'll see i assume we're gonna see more of cinna because we got that little tease that um he requested district 12 yeah for some mysterious reason so i i think that my deepest fears are stuck on cinna being the like the reasonable one you know 
where it's like he's mm-hmm. not he's just not too he's not being too weird. And I just I too too uncomfortably close to a lot of rhetoric from the mid 2000s about I, you know, I'm fine with gay people as long as they're not like too gay around me. Right. Like just right. And the funny part is, it's like these characters, as far as we know, like aren't even gay. Right. It's just like it's really hard to not think about when this came out and what these symbols meant at the time. Right. Like, if you, if you have a character who is dressed in flamboyant, bright colors and a lot of makeup and, like, oddly colored lipstick and talks with a very affected accent, it's like, well, I think I know the target of this joke, even if you don't say it, right? I, right. Or, you, or even if you don't mean it. I mean, like, that's the crazy thing, right? Is it, like, it could be completely unintentional, but this was the culture at the time, and products of their time as all things are will carry some prejudices that might not have been like considered going in. I wonder if this discourse is going to come up with the Hunger Games renaissance that we're in or maybe we are maybe we are the tip of the spear. <laughs> the tip once of the again. spear is back. The shaft of the spear once again. Hey, what's going on with the capital fashion? Kind of weird. Yeah, yeah kind of a weird weird one. There's something I do like in this scene, mm-hmm. which is that for as distracting as all of the stuff with the capital characters is, there's there's a lot about her kind of recounting what the previous District 12 tributes dressed as for the opening ceremonies and stuff and, and sort of like outlining this very bleak thing of like, well, you're either a naked coal miner or you're just a sad coal miner or you're a sad naked coal miner uh, and i did really appreciate that just because like that that does feel like a jab like this sort of like statement art right and there's something quite smart i think about this 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 idea that like yeah if you're gonna win because because the goal explicitly is to like win favor with the capital people and it's like yeah the ways to do that are to like make them fetishize your poverty or to fetishize you as like an object. But like, that's it. You're going to you you're not getting out of this without like being condescended to and used. Mm -hmm. But what do you make of the costume that Cinna comes up with instead? Synthetic fire. Another insane sci fi reveal. What does that mean? What is synthetic fire? Fire seems kind of like a binary to me. <laughs> Isn't f- f- fire just sort of happens? I don't know. It's, it's like uh what, what is what is synthetic fire? It doesn't burn you, apparently. It doesn't burn you. I don't think it burns the cape either. I think it just like goes. Like which seems wild. Like th- this is a lot of this is a big discovery if we can like make make like like these these are stylists but they're doing alchemy kind of it sounds like maybe katniss's mom can do this at her alchemy shop Ooh! oh i guess we did get the apothecary i'm just looking up synthetic fire i mean because i was like maybe i'll maybe i'm gonna sound really stupid and like maybe this is real our synthetic fire results from ResearchGate. 
synthetic materials. No, there's synthetic materials that like burn differently, but there is not no such thing as synthetic fire. No, there wouldn't be. <laughs> fire is just kind of fire, I think. <laughs> if you've made fire, it's fire. There's like not if it's something synthetic, then it's not fire. I guess this is like this is like a D and D item, like the ever burning cape. Mm, it doesn't. Yes. It's like a cape, and it's on fire all the time, but it doesn't burn you. <laughs> it's very cool. I mean, it's a very striking image. It sounds like, but the th- that is such a do you. This stuff has got to matter later. This is what's driving me crazy reading this so slow is like I, I like for for as, all my criticisms, I am having fun with this. But I'm like, we've got bird drones. We've got animals going crazy. And now we've got synthetic fire. Like I just there's there's got to be like some crazy sci fi tech twist coming that that is going to matter because otherwise it's just like every now and then we get like a detail about the world that should be like earth shattering that just isn't <laughs> it's made me laugh every time oh they're just whipping up synthetic fire at the, on the, on drag race like whoa that's we st- crazy we still got a coal mine though <laughs> we still gotta mine coal and like to <laughs> We, we have synthetic fire. We still need coal. Also, the other... We get, like, all the other districts here. Um, and they're all... Like, it's grain and technology. Maybe they're, maybe they're whipping up the synthetic fire stuff in the technology department. Um, uh, there's... Man, there's like factories was what like, like she was talking about like factory worker ones but what i'm really upset about is that we didn't we didn't get any of these described to us in the ceremony it you can't do that you can't tell us that they are all dressed thematically with their like primary export and not tell us what the like agriculture costumes were i want to know so badly i hope that maybe next chapter when they're like mingling with the others, maybe we'll get a description of of the of of the costumes. But I was dying. I was like, please, the fire one is already crazy enough. Please tell me what the other districts are dressed as, because that is so. That's what I'm here for. Reading a sci-fi thing. I want to know about the crazy stuff going on. Do you think the fire is just another dandelions? I that's 100% what it feels like. I mean, so the, the the thing that I was saying about really appreciating the description of like bad art, right? The like the like oh, you're going to be nude or you're going to be like like a character characterized version of your poverty, right? Like those are your two choices. Um I thought that was very smart. But the the bit where Katniss is like resigned. She's like, oh, great. I'm going to be I'm going to here we go. I'm going to be one of these is the like cool mic drop is that Cinna is like, how do you feel about fire? And then he explains the concept about the girl who was on fire. Um, I can't help but feel like this is presenting a like scenario in which like. Those other uh, pieces of art sucked but w- what what the good guy came up with is uh katniss has a coexist bumper sticker on her car 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just a little. I don't know, like her the the the, the cool the cool dazzling alternative is just this platitude uh, about like oh the the girl who was on fire, which is just like really. Yeah, I don't know, burn bright or whatever, but that's just it's just kind of nothing. And also it's still you're still in the Hunger Games. So I'm just like, it's not that inspiring. I don't know. Um, Is this telling us that Katniss is going to die at the end of the series? Ooh, she's like, mm, she's like being burned to sacrifice or something or like. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Would I bet on we've got to We've got to like make I, I think uh, 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 we, we've got to like make a running tally of like predictions that we have and, and check on mm-hmm. them and, and like what episode we make them and like how wrong we're going to be at the end. Maybe. Um, oh, like, yeah, that could be fun. I'm going to say yes. I think this is this is she's going to die and become a she's the girl who was on fire. Right. Like a, she's, one of the books is called Catching Fire, right? Is that the third one? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I think so. I think that's the third one. Yeah, that makes sense. The yes, yeah, she's she's gonna die. She's gonna become a symbol like the dandelion, but it's gonna be a girl wearing a flaming cape. Maybe I'll change it in future, but for now, we'll everyone can joke about how wrong we are or whatever. <laughs> It is different. Just by the way, it, it does feel appreciably different reading a book where neither of us have read it before. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that uh, it's got to be maddening for some people listening, but I think it's a lot of fun for for me. What do you, what do you think? Oh, it's it's a great time. Um, I do. I do like to have a little chuckle to myself thinking of everyone listening and getting really mad. <laughs> ah, ah, yeah, no, I I. I I'm this, this is this is a totally new thing and it's like it's different but I'm having a good time and so far also thank you everyone listening I've well, been getting a lot of good comments and like nobody has spoiled shit for us uh which is great uh thank you for not doing that I I am enjoying going into this as like fresh as possible but yeah uh mark it down episode Three of SHHG, I'm going to say yes. I think that she's going to die at the end and it's going to it's going to be she's on fire. Maybe she won't burn to death, but like that's seeing seeing a proper noun capitalized the girl who was on fire several times in this chapter is kind of an on the nose. This is important kind of thing. Remember this one kind of thing, right? (laughs) Right? Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I uh, I. uh, I think that's a safe bet. Um, fun scene, yep. though, despite not having any of the other uh, other contestants costumes. Maybe it just means that she's going to get a kill streak. <laughs> the, 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 this girl's on fire. <laughs> racks up a running riot in the middle of the Hunger Games. Awesome. Now we're fucking talking. That's right. I do keep forgetting that this is going to be a battle royale at some point. I'm very... I keep forgetting that she and PETA aren't on a team. Which, like, 
I know they're not because she's like she, she keeps being like he's gonna try to kill me. <laughs> but it feels like they should be on a team. The pairing thing does seem so confusing because like I get it. Gail said it in the first chapter. The cruelty is the point or whatever. But it just seems like a stupid idea for a game. Why are yeah. they on the same team? I mean, they're not on the same team. Why are they in pair? And, and like the answer is because because you got to kill someone from your own district. Ha! But like, it's just stupid. I don't know. <laughs> like, just let them be a team. I, I, I feel like a team also would just make for like good. Uh, good character dynamics in a battle royale, right? Like you want to see how pairs of people interact. Right. I mean, I assume that they will team up. Like that's going to be my my little prediction, right? Uh, Is that they're gonna they're going to team up, and they're not supposed to. Right. Um. They're gonna so. <laughs> they're gonna duo queue into a solos game. Yeah. Yeah, I can see it. That 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 makes some sense. I think. I I, I just yeah. They're 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 there's a lot of focus on them as a pair. I mean, like they're holding hands in this scene. Um. Hmm. In a, uh, by the way, insanely smooth move from PETA. Or was it, who, was it PETA or Katniss who was like, oh, he said for us to hold hands? Smooth move from somebody. Uh, somebody. Because <laughs> they couldn't hear what, <laughs> what Senate was saying. Um, uh, but yeah, I, the, 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 again. The story has said it out loud. The cruelty is the point. It's all a nasty game to get people to stay underfoot. But it's just a little. It's just not good game design, really, when you get down to it. I'm looking forward to it. That's what the, that's, <laughs> that's the thing about this book is that I'm I am a I am a spectator looking forward to the Hunger Games. Yeah, that. <laughs> I'm so curious because now that we've gotten the action movie scene where Katniss does a badass knife throw to impress the mentor, I'm like, oh, is it going to be this badass when they're actually fighting? Because that actually sounds kind of cool. Um, so I am now I am now the problem. I'm like reading this going like, yeah, let's go. Let's fight. Let's see. some. Uh, it's like it's like freaking Undertale. <laughs> The book is going to like get mad at us for doing something insanely awesome. It's like, yeah, I wanted to. Yeah, I wanted to hear Megalovania. Sue me. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of them, like having to kill each other, I do think that the last moment of this chapter is a lot of fun where Katniss goes like, oh, my God, he's being nice again, which means that he's definitely going to kill me uh so i will i will do my best move i will kiss him it's very funny like katniss is a little demon katniss is a little demon in this it's great uh (laughs) i'm gonna kiss him but in like a taunting way Uh uh-huh sure like (laughs) (laughs) okay whatever you say katniss um Great moment. Kissing him right on the bruise where Haymitch punched, punched, uh, punched him. He's not going to he's not going to take that in any sort of way. I'm sure. Good move. I'm sure. I'm sure that's going <laughs> to sure that's going to work out for you. 
Katniss. <laughs> that part was a lot of fun. I I like Katniss. Or like I enjoy. I don't like her. She's horrible, but she's a great character. Um, uh, it's. It, I think that's the strongest part of this book so far. Is all that stuff. Yeah, she really got into uh, the opening ceremony. Uh, she kind of just like jumped on board immediately. I know, right? Like I was I was asking for a little bit of like getting seduced by the wealth thing last last chapter. I kind of got it here like 10 times over. Yeah, she was like this rocks. What if if you were in the the ceremony? Would you be doing all? Would you be waving and catching roses? How how much would you be playing this shit up? Because it's. <laughs> I think I'd be doing the crying strat if I had to go to the battle royale. <laughs> Certified strategy. I mean, that's the most devious strategy of all, according to Katniss. So you'd be a right, you'd, you'd yeah. be a foe to look out for. Mm-hmm. It is really funny. She is. She is. She's behaving like a queen in like a fantasy movie, you know, like like being paraded through the city streets like she's catching flowers. She's blowing kisses. She's she's really getting into it, um, which is cool. I, I, I like that. She's like I said last week, like a propaganda has got to work on her sometime. And it turns out the answer was that when she is the propaganda, it works for her. Works extremely well. Works extremely well on her, which is uh, a lot of fun. Uh, a f- this was a much more fun chapter, aside from the first half where it is nightmarish, I think, uh, reading the descriptions of the Capitol people. Yeah. Uh, do you have any Do you have any other uh, scenes you want to discuss? I, I, have, I have one. I don't think so. Um, it's kind of a big one, actually. Uh, but I think it's a, a good one and kind of an important one. It's it's uh, Katniss having lunch with Cinna and pricing the meal out in her head. Oh, yeah, that was pretty neat. Kind of the first moment of her political, like, awareness making a lot of sense and being, like, very characterful, I think. Um. Uh, just the fact that she is, she was the, like, the primary, like, food finder in her family, and just, like, her just sitting there and, like, imagining all the labor that went into a meal that Cinna just, like, ordered was very, like, fitting and cool and, like, finally struck the right balance, I think, of her, like, having political opinions versus just having the author's political opinions, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. This way, makes way more sense than her just like understanding the Hunger Games yeah. um, that she would go through and um, think about what she would need to do to acquire the individual ingredients was very cool. Yeah, honestly, the one she described too sounded pretty good, apart from the mushy grain. But like, I could, I could go for the turkey. That sounds all right. Like, yeah, it had goat's milk instead of cream. Goat's milk, goat's milk, goat cheese. Honestly, no pun intended here, but kind of goaded. Yeah, yeah. Goat cheese. I love some goat cheese. So I think I'm ordering the, the, the Katniss one, not the not the Cinna one. But yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's a great little moment. Um, and it makes so much more sense for her to be like uh, repulsed by that 
than like people wearing nice colors of things, I guess, is the like I I get that she would sort of have like a knee jerk reaction to whatever the people who make her life miserable wear, I guess. But she thinks about it so heavily and so much. Versus this, which feels a lot more natural for her, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, yeah, well, damn, we we hit kind of a lot on these two short chapters here. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are you feeling about the book just overall so far? Um, good. Um, I'm excited to get to the Hunger Games, like I said. Um, but I, I still think I would just read it on my own at this point. Um, <laughs> uh, if we weren't doing the show, it's a fun one. Like read ahead. You mean? Yeah. 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 No, I, I'm like, I'm gripped by it for sure. Um, not what I expected at all. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. The tone, I think in particular is just the thing that I was not, uh, for whatever reason, I, I just heard so much about this book and like the writing of this book and how it was like, not your average YA aimed novel that I, I think I assumed, and this is not a measure of quality, but I assumed something denser. It is, it's, um, I don't know how to describe it. I, I think I have a quote on my, on my book here, a violent jarring speed wrap of a novel. I agree with that. Stephen King (laughs) speed wrap. Yeah. Like Eminem? Like this is Eminem? (laughs) (laughs) Hunger Games is like Eminem? (laughs) Huh. The three quotes on my book are from Stephen King, Stephanie Meyer, and John Green. Oh my god, you've been holding out on me. (laughs) (laughs) What are the other quotes? Well, let me finish Stevens. Uh, a violent, jarring speed wrap of a novel that generates nearly constant suspense. I couldn't stop reading. That's from Stephen King. Okay. I was so obsessed with this book. The Hunger Games is amazing. That's Stephanie Meyer. Of fucking course it is. You're so right, Stephanie. Uh, brilliantly plotted and perfectly paced, says John Green. <laughs> Thank you, John. It's a it's a metaphor, says Katniss. She sees a dandelion. <laughs> oh, wow. That's quite a rogues gallery of writers to include on on the the book. I uh, I have the special edition, according to Apple Books here, mm-hmm. which has uh, among other things a seventy page interview with the author. Wow, which I am so curious about. Like, that sounds juicy. I am excited to to read that once I'm all done. Because um, maybe yeah. we'll, maybe we'll get some of the answers we're looking for um, mm-hmm. about what's intended and, and whatnot. And then there's also another really long, like a forty page section. Susan Collins and Walter Dean Myers on writing about war. Whoa. Uh, which I, the more I'm thinking about it, the funnier it gets because so far the violence in this book has been 
Katniss doing an epic knife throwing move like she's in a Blade movie. <laughs> so <laughs> not exactly a like gritty war tale so far, but we'll see. We'll see. I guess maybe the other books could be about war. I just don't think this one is going to be about war. Yeah, it's about a battle royale. Like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I've, it, it seems so far there. There was a war in the past, but this feels very much like a, almost like a book about like there isn't war. There is a, like like the the authority of Panem is just like total at this point, right? Like they're making you fight for fun. There's there's no war that they're making these people go fight in for their like material needs at this point. Right. Very interesting. I don't know. We'll see. Mhm. Uh well, how about we take it to the close? Yeah. All right. Our theme song is currently Homogonigo by Cheshire Moon. Here's thanks to them, as always, for letting us use that as our theme song. You can find them on Bandcamp. You can find us at patreon.com slash streetcast. You can get early episodes. And uh, we got we to gotta do a, a common room soon. Maybe we'll do a deeper dive into uh, Seventh Saga and whatnot. Um, yeah, I could talk about it forever. I would love nothing more than to hear that. But uh, what are we going to be reading next time? Uh, we will definitely be reading chapter six, and my guess is that we will be reading chapter seven with how the pacing has been. Are A there... speed wrap. <laughs> the speed wrap of the Hunger Games. Uh, yes, with that said, happy Hunger Games. Happy Hunger Games. there's a lady there, makes ocean raw seem tame. Better know what you're after if you catch a ride. Cause this hot mama is just a cat in disguise